As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, Jersey. Oftentimes, as the gang is all sitting together here preparing another edition of Time Czars, oftentimes it includes Seth Kaiser. Today it is not. It's Nate Taylor and myself, Joshua Briscoe, here with you on today's episode. Oftentimes, we'll have a little chat about just what's going on, you know, with each other, with the football team that we all watch and cover and talk about. And sometimes we get to a point that Nate and I got to right before today's episode, which is where I just started to say something and said, you know what? I'm just going to save it, Nate, because every single thing, every lost question, every half-baked thought about this football team at this point, it's all valid. It's all podcast-worthy because (laughs) I just, for like the, I don't know, sixth time this year maybe, (laughs) I feel like the Chiefs played a football game that I didn't really learn anything from. Oh! Here's, Here's what did happen though, okay? Get I invent time travel just so you can take this clip of this podcast and send it back to somebody in October. Yep. Because just as we hit record, the Chiefs put out uh, a tweet with a graphic of who's hot of the week. It's a sponsored graphic. And the caption is 75 yarder to the crib. To the crib. Daniel Sorensen, one INT, one TD. That's who's hot, Nate. That's who's hot. Welcome to football, everybody. It's been football this whole time, and oh, it's so much football. We hot in these streets. <laughs> um, the look. the mayor made a joke about Dan Sorensen. Look, <laughs> the look. city. You know, uh, you take notes. You look at statistics. You watch trends. I'm looking at live all twenty two from up above Arrowhead. Yeah. Uh. I obviously understand the storylines of this team. I'm aware that this is a divisional game that NBC has promoted for two hours. Isn't that's actually important when mm-hmm. Tony Dungy's like, I'm gonna just pick the Broncos because somebody gotta do it. Um Tony Dungy, huge Halo Infinite super fan, available everywhere December eighth, I think. Uh Oh, you, you don't know. even know what that's about, do you? Sorry, you were at the game. Never mind. Was, we'll I save that. At, I mean, I saw the tweets and okay. I mean who 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 doesn't want to get fired up to play a game because Tony Dungy 
told you about it. Oh. If I could just get the all 22 of Tony Dungy playing Halo Infinite, like I would pay. I would, I'd, you know, game pass, you charge an arm and a leg. I'll give Is you there- two arms and two legs if you can get me that footage. Was there, was there ever a Tony Dungy Madden? commercial or like clip or like him promoting he, him promoting an actual video game of the sport that like it depicts from like i don't uh, what he was on the cover of one of those head coach games ea sports head nfl head coach 09 uh bill cower was on the first version yeah i remember the bill cower i remember the chin the, the yes. chin was a great <laughs> yes. the chin was a great selection <laughs> first ballot like cover of hey you want to run these plays you want to get these boys in shape ice up fellas Dungey was on head coach 09 which by a quick google image search i am led to believe was the final installment in the series (laughs) Uh, anyway yeah so look you go down to the interview room after the game Mm -hmm. because it's our job to try to enlighten the public, fans, our dear listeners, thank you, um, with some questions that, you know, hey, maybe we'll learn a little something. Uh, I got back on the elevator with my buddy Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I said, Pete, what did we learn tonight? <laughs> yes! And Pete said, nothing. I Nate, I asked our friend Matt Derrick after the game on the radio, I said, Matt, did you learn anything today? I, I There's evidence of both of us asking the same question to yep. our befuddled colleagues and none of us have an answer now it you know sometimes you can be too deep in the force right everybody understands this you know you've been chopping yes. so much wood yes that like even the sound of water of an ocean of waves crashing against <laughs> again a, a majestic sandy white beach you can't even hear that because you're just out here chopping yeah. But but sometimes, and I got to give her credit, sometimes you need people to guide you as to, like, what is most interesting slash important. Look, guys, we've reached this point in the season where my wife is like, I can't believe Dan Sorensen did that. <laughs> and that, that, ladies and gentlemen, was the moment I knew. I'm going to have to write about Daniel Sorensen. And <laughs> that's what we learned, ladies and gentlemen. As, as someone who lives in words, Josh, as someone who's supposed to write them in a strong sequence to relay some level of information yeah. about a game in which we did not learn very much uh-huh. other than the Broncos are the Broncos. Um, and I need, I need not say another sentence. In regards to that team. Um, it's not often that I get to write the word embattled. <laughs> usually that usually that is uh, surrounding someone who is mid-scandal. I think embattled <laughs> former governor of New York is the last time that I've heard that, that phrase. Like, I'm just, that's my first thought process. Hey, and you and you know what? Uh, hey, that seems reasonable. Yeah. And look, this is a direct quote from my wife. Sorensen needed that. (laughs) Yes. End quote. And you know what? Everybody on the sidelines said the same 
damn yep. thing. Yep. Um, so we're here, guys. Where the most embattled player on the team has made the biggest play of the night. And as I wrote, and I wonder if you agree, Josh, this completes the most remarkable turnaround I have ever covered in professional sports since I've been doing this. Wow. Um, At at one point, they were the worst defense. Oh, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant specifically Dan Sorensen. I was going to pick at it. and, and, And now they are the best defense. Yeah. Not named the New England Patriots. Yeah. And no, perhaps, that. And perhaps not named the Arizona Cardinals, who don't get yeah. any respect, but like, they ain't really played nobody. Um, and their their uniforms aren't very good, and they play they play in Arizona. No one's totally sure what goes on out there. I get it. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they seem good though. I like them. They, they got tripped up by Cam Newton. It, it wasn't great. Yeah, yeah, but hey, Cam. Yeah. But that but that was that was again invigorated Cam Newton. Needless to say. At least opponents, as we said on this podcast a few weeks ago, just hey, at least we hey, at least you can isolate 49. At least we could tell yeah. Jordan Love, hey dog, 49 ain't who he ain't who he used to be. Uh-huh. And now he taking pick sixes to the house, to the crib. To the crib. 75 yarder to the crib. To Fire the crib. emoji. To the crib. So, your larger point about the Chiefs' defense, and then I want to figure out if we can learn anything from this game outside, but uh, to your larger point about the Chiefs' defense, and maybe that being the most remarkable turnaround we've seen, I don't know what to push back on there, man. It is unbelievable where it, we are, we are, maybe, maybe this is the thing that we learn on the other side of the bye week is that the Chiefs' offense has not had a perfect spell cast on it over the weekends and, and that they've gotten everything all figured out. That didn't happen. Also, it's not like the Broncos were able to dig through extra Chiefs' defensive tape last week and then find <laughs> some sort of way to exploit them, right? Like, I guess we learned both of those things. Like, we learned yeah. that, that maybe we learned another little, another little blip on the radar, another data point that this, the first, I guess the last five or six weeks now haven't been a fluke. Like maybe that's just what they are. And we, we mm-hmm. should definitely spend more time on that. Yeah, yeah but for sure. For the defense, that's a great thing. Can I, if I get real quiet, can I sound like a hater for a second in a way that I really don't want to sound like? I think I'm going to try to put it in a good tone. Shh, everybody, everybody, give this man the space he needs. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sandwich this with, I'm going to do a compliment sandwich. Dan Sorensen made the play when the ball was in front of him, and then he made a play with the ball in his hand. It was a great play, and genuinely, one of the things, Andy Reid alluded to this after the game, one of the things you love about football, you get an embattled player who is getting roasted from everyone, from Holly to Mina Kimes. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. everybody in the world knows that Dan Sorensen has been a a spotlight for where defenses or where, where, where quarterbacks should be throwing the football against this defense. Yes. And he makes a huge play, scores a touchdown, gets the NBC sideline interview in prime Ooh. time, Ooh. and gets to the podium. That's great. That's a great mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Also, pretty sure he made a play doing the exact type of thing that we just had been saying this whole time that he should be limited to doing. He caught a tip pass. This man has magnets for hands. This does not mean he should be 
taking Juan Thornhill snaps back. Nope. Dan Sorensen has a role in this defense, and the only thing we've ever said is that for his magic to fully be cast, he just has to play that sort of box safety or light weak linebacker kind of thing, that little hybrid role that he basically is built for and that Spags uses really well that he's been doing in this defense since before Spags got here. Yep. That's a good spot for Dirty Dan. Mm-hmm. And if you have Dirty Dan in that spot, he's occasionally going to catch a tip pass and house it because that's what Dirty Dan does. Something about that clean Mormon living works. We also don't have to pretend that he's Ed Reed now. That's all. That's all. That's all. I, that's all. I just want us to have a level-headed discussion. And look, was I level-headed whenever he was ter- whenever he was on a terrible stretch? Maybe but not. You, but you, but Ma- you know, Josh, when he gets the ball in his hands. Electric. He sniffs it. You, you yes. Oh, and look. Intel, I, my friend. I, I, I'm saying Dan Sorensen and Juan Thornhill both had picks. Who scored? Dirty Dan did. I get it. If I could, I, if if you want to say is he Ed Reed on the return, I'll even give you that. In fact, put Dan Sorensen back to catch a couple of punts. Let's see what happens. He's not faster than Mike Hughes, but he hasn't. He has. Hey, he hey, has hey. it. He has the nose. Yeah, he, he, he 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 smelled a crib. I smelled smell the crib from seventy five yards out. I smell the crib, and even Teddy Bridgewater's business decision shoulder will <laughs> yeah. not stop me. I oh. want Dan Sor- I want them to lateral the ball to Dan Sorensen on every turnover, okay? Yes! That I I want Even that. if he's on the sideline. Even if he has to run off, the- if he's not wearing a helmet and illegally runs onto the field to play, I want him to do that so he can get the ball in, in his hands every time there's a turnover. I do not want this to mean that he's all of a sudden now playing 100% of the snaps beside Tyron Matthew deep in playing, playing too high. I don't want right, that, though. Right. You don't want that. You don't want that. I don't want he- that. I feel like that's reasonable. Yeah, completely reasonable, sir. Um... I, I just want to make the point, in addition to what you just said, that Juan Thornhill also had an interception. That yes. was really, really good. Ain't nobody talking about it, mate. What <laughs> could argue it was more impressive? Because cause he, he, made, he made Teddy think he was going one way, and then he was like, no, nah, I just tricked you into, into, into giving me an interception. Um and, and look, Juan Thornhill has moves. He's had a pick six before in his career. Ask Derek Carr. Um, look, again, I've covered high school sports, and that's really where like the magic is, mm-hmm. because obviously when you're that young, you're you're just growing at such a rate. Uh, the development can can come very sudden, mm-hmm. but in the team concept. We pretty much know who's good in high school sports when the season starts. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, know. we all, we all love March Madness because you know CJ McCollum can all of a sudden tell Duke, "Y'all not winning tonight," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and it's enjoyable. Yes, you know absolutely. Um, but again, CJ McCollum was good before the season started, y'all. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. And look, that Duke team was fraudulent from the start of the season too. It it is it is mind-boggling that I've covered sports for over a decade and whether it's high school, college, professional, I've just never covered a team before where we went into the season kind of kind of assuming one thing cuz you know, we're all smart, we're all logical. We we got eyes. 
Mm-hmm. Like the offense is going to score thirty, and the defense. Hey, can y'all can y'all hold them to twenty seven? <laughs> like, yeah, a couple turnovers. Like that's yes. like, hey, that's championship football. Because I saw it in twenty nineteen. Um, and I know we're going to get into this a little bit later, but the idea, I, I, I just, I've never seen a team. I've seen teams come out hot, and then eventually phase or, or stumble, similar to like what the Pittsburgh Steelers went through last year. And you can explain that in a number of ways. The quarterback got old. Teams sort of figured them out schematically. They had a they had a ton of injuries at the end of the year. And, you know, they weren't playing their best football when it was required most. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just rare to see a team be good at the beginning and be right where we thought they'd be. You know, obviously leading mm-hmm. their division in, 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 in pursuit of the one seed. But they're winning games in completely different manners. And, and like they're good on defense. Like I I, I know I, I try to be a healthy Chiefs fan counselor, but like your defense is good. Like you don't you don't have to go back. Yeah. Like that 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 relationship, it's it's strong. Cause they're they're pressuring the quarterback. Um now I have some theories on the offense. Mm. As I'm sure you do, mm-hmm. but they're winning games because their defense is not letting anything be comfortable. Yeah. When it, when it, when again, ladies and gentlemen, they were the worst defense for an entire month to start a season. And if you got into the red zone, we needed to stop running plays. You could just put six <laughs> or seven points on the scoreboard. Yeah, that's where we were. And now they they are like a top five defense. I, I just and the offense. Which I know people want us to talk about has um I don't even think I don't even think plateaus the right word I just think the offense has sort of uh it's kind of submarined in a weird way mm. but but they are doing it as Andy said last night they are doing enough on offense to win the game to play some level of complimentary football even if it's not how we thought the season was going to go you know in September. <laughs> The one one thing that you touched on briefly in there that I, I want to mention early on before we dig in on both sides of the ball, I think that that evaluation of the defense is fantastic and also worth making that point again. We think this is legitimate. Like we, we you, you could you could split this into a Jekyll and Hyde Chiefs defense thing, and, I, and to be honest, I mean I think that whatever one happened more recently is the one that I would most likely assume is the real deal, but. I don't think any of us really think this is fraudulent. Like even some of the turnovers go, oh, you know, Ben Neiman tipped a pass and then Dan Sorensen housed it. Yeah, that stuff used to happen all the time. <laughs> every every two or three weeks, you get a play like that. And that happens throughout the league. Tom Brady threw a pick six to a defensive lineman yesterday. Like that that sort of stuff happens, but it wasn't happening for the Chiefs defense. And now everything looks like it's coming together. We can get North theories and all of that as well. But you also mentioned the AFC and the one seed and everything. I went back and I found a tweet from, I think it was October 11th, of just sort of of me going through all the things that had happened and how amazingly it seemed like the Chiefs were eliminated from contention of the one seed after losing to the Bills. Well, then even, you know, after that, you you get these these losses after losses, the Titans game being the brutal one. Where you go, oh man, no, like this is really, like this, they're talking about playoff spots, not one seeds. And right now, as we record this with Monday Night Football still several hours away, mm-hmm. the Chiefs are tied for the best record in the AFC. That's insane. 
to, to think of where we were at talking about this team at three and four, they now are tied for the best record in the AFC. Now, to be clear, that is with a lost tiebreaker to the Titans, a lost tiebreaker to the Ravens, and losing a tiebreaker right now to the Patriots because they have a better conference record. Mm-hmm. And if the Bills were to win tonight, they'd also be eight and four. The Chiefs obviously would lose the tiebreaker to them as well. They're not in the one seed. They're not in the driver's seat for the one seed, any of those things, but they're, they're right there. And that, I think, for me, is actually the one thing we learned, the one big takeaway in all of that. It's yet another week of nobody in the AFC really taking it. The Patriots can make a big statement in that direction tonight. But it's it's nobody really taking it, and it's keeping this thing in mind that I think can sound like an excuse, but boy, you know I don't mean it as one. Whenever you win games— However, it happens with completely ignoring the process. If mm-hmm. you go Eric Bieniemy, it's not about the numbers; it's about the alphabet, it's about the W's <laughs> and the L's. Okay, that's a cliche. It can be an excuse. It's deflecting. But whenever you just win the games, you buy yourself more runway to figure your stuff out and to get yes. into your best possible scenario. If they would have lost ugly games to the let's just, let's just take the Giants and the Packers, just those two. Well, at that point, the season feels even more over. Like right now, even if they were to win those those three games following, they'd be six and six tied with the Raiders and Broncos. The Chargers would still have a game up in the division, but it would feel terrible. And it would have been a, there would have been a, another bigger bonfire at Arrowhead if they would have lost those two games, even than there was last night. It's exquisite reference, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. It exquisite. sounds like everyone was fine and yes. I can make jokes about it. It's just yes. some grass. We're okay. We can You can burn grass in the state of Missouri. Not in Kansas, though, because we're leather lagging <laughs> behind look, over look, there. Look, 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 look. About legal grass burning. Look, look, look. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dog. Did you put the gasoline away? <laughs> What's that? That's, is that is that is that the is that the smell of the crib? Oh god! Oh no! The parking lot's on fire. My favorite thing about that, the whole like gasoline grill theory, is that whoever started that will never know, because they just left <laughs> they just left hot coals in an improperly hey, uh, doused grill, and they never will never know. Hey y'all! Hey y'all! It's a uh, it's time to bounce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, we should uh, we should go. I just. Looked out the window. <laughs> Keep our heads in here. But uh, something about fire. It was such a good reference that I distracted myself. Um, if if you are if you are losing those games and your offense isn't quite right, the rest of the season is every game becomes a playoff game. If you win those games while your offense isn't his, quite right, his 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 name is Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he and he just lost. He just lost a playoff game yesterday to to, to a winless team. <laughs> to the playoff yeah, yeah. Lions, which is yeah. how I'm going to refer to them from now on. Y'all know, y'all knew this was coming. Uh, you knew you had the note. You had the note. That's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is great stats forever, eventually loses to the Lions, and then that sort of thing happens. But whenever you're actually just keeping your head above water and actually just winning the games, and look, I, I don't think that the version of the Chiefs we've seen during this winning streak, except for the Raiders game, I guess, I don't think that team is winning the Super Bowl exactly as as they are. But they don't have to play the Super Bowl next week. They play the Raiders next week. You know, like by by being eight and four right now, winning some ugly games, you just got to get that figured out by the time the playoffs actually arrive, as long as you keep winning. And you know, again, I, I don't I would hate for that to be an excuse for like, it doesn't matter that they're not playing well because they're winning. That's not true. But it's not as urgent or as dire that they're not playing perfectly offensively because they're eight and four and fully in control of the AFC West, which is which is wild. 
It is because, I mean, we kind of knew, and and I think Tyron Matthew mentioned this really well. Um, you know, the first goal is to win the division because that at least guarantees you a home playoff game. Mm. Um, you know, the Chiefs, I mean, I think the season for them, honestly, like they, like you mentioned, they extended their season against yeah, the against the Packers and the Giants. And then their season yeah. really started against the Raiders because obviously we knew Raiders, Broncos, you know, Cowboys in there, but obviously, you know, then the Raiders again. And then obviously the Chargers uh, looking at my calendar. Holy smokes. Ten days from now. Oh, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> kind, kind of a critical, kind of another critical stretch. But, you know, Tyron Matthew made the point, hey, there's there's no more NFC teams on our schedule, even though we've been we've been crushing those NFC teams. Um, you know, it's only AFC from here on out. So you can improve your conference record a little bit between now and the end of the regular season. But they at least have a chance to, if they win out, if things shake in their favor in week 17 or 18, very similar to what happened in the 2019 season when, you know, was it Mike Lisecki? I mean, you have to think about all the heroes. <laughs> All the footnote heroes, you know, obviously uh, Fitzpatrick, yes. uh, you know, uh, Coach Flores beating his mentor in, in Bel- Belichick in Week 17 in, in New England when, again, New England needed the needed the victory to, to, mm-hmm. to secure the number two seed and at that time a, a first round bye. So you, you may hope that things shake out in a certain way. Um, but this team, for all the ups and downs and things we thought we knew that are have changed and things that we may or may not have learned last night. Um, this coaching staff and these players do tend to bring it when they know they're playing a divisional opponent. That is why this team has won fifth straight AFC West titles. It's mm-hmm. why they have a chance to win a sixth crown. Um, and, and so, you know, Josh, as you're saying, with more wins, you extend yourself more time. You you give yourself a grace period to sort of figure things out. I mean, let's let's state the facts. Uh, is McCole Hartman in the doghouse? I, I think McCole Hartman is living outside. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's he's not even under a roof, even if it's small. I just think it's I. This might be maybe I'm overreacting. I try not to. I think it's kind of over. Um, the Chiefs are second in the league right now, I believe, based on Pro Football Focus and drops. And it's something that I'm going to yeah uh, look at, you know, uh, later this week. But you know, they have 28 drops that ties them with, interestingly enough, the Los Angeles Chargers. Hmm. The the New York Jets lead the league with 29 drops. Um. There, there are penalties from offensive linemen, which was not the case earlier in the year. Uh, I'm not really going to blame Travis Kelsey for the offensive pass interference penalty. Again, I don't know where you want him to run. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's running a route. Uh, oh, okay, fine. Uh, but the penalties from, you know, the holding penalties uh, from the offensive linemen, uh, that has increased over the last few weeks. Uh, do you know this that Josh, uh, the Chiefs lead the league in opening score, opening drive points. I was excited to ask you about this particular thing, actually. And and, and then they and then they taper off. Yeah. Uh, so 
I'm trying to do our friend, our colleague, our lawyer who's on vacation in an undisclosed southern state. Right. I'm trying to do him a service because, you know, we're just a messenger, mm-hmm. you know, and and obviously this is from Seth. Oh, actually, he he sent me. Oh, Scout is barking. Scout's really going to ruin this for me. Uh, Scout, er, Scout, uh, uh, Seth actually sent me a um, an audio file. Do you want me to oh, he did. play that for you? Oh, okay. Yeah, I because I, I know that he he didn't trust me to read what he said to us, you know, and so I'm, I'm sure he would appreciate you doing it. But then he ultimately just sent me this audio file. Let me just pull that to the microphone real quick here. <clears throat> Hey, it's uh, Seth, don't you know? And I'm I'm out of the great white north and down in the beautiful sunny state of Florida. And this is all Mahomes' fault. Click. There you go. I mean, what do you make of that, Nate? I mean, he does chart every snap, guys. I mean, you he have charts to, every snap. You I know, you have to take him uh, seriously with this kind of analysis. I know, I know it seems I know it seems snippy for a guy on vacation who's been relaxing <laughs> in in the hot sun in the. <laughs> you know when it's when it's freezing. Oh, we just hold on. I just got another one. Hold on. Let me just hit click. Any given Sunday, don't you know? Okay, I guess. Wow, is he? I guess he for. Wow, I don't know, man. That's really weird. The audio quality is pretty good, though. It's like he's here in the room with me. It's uh. If you'd like to read the other thing that he sent us earlier, well, people should know I that mean, I had the audio, but you had the text. And I, you know, he'd probably want that shared still, but in addition to the audio, I guess. Okay, here's, you know, I'm going to quote him directly, okay? Um, quote, will you please tell our listeners, know that the biggest problem is drops and self-inflicted wounds, not some kind of issue with scheme. I like this. I like the snooty inflection on that. That's a good, um, that's a good set. And then, and then we said, so it's Mahomes' fault, right? Yeah. <laughs> Now I haven't gotten. Oh, okay. It, this this came in just a few minutes before we started recording. Mm. Um, it's a it's a gift. It says, "Oh, stop it." Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I don't think he likes our our inferences there. Yeah. You know. Well, it's 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 hard to read. You know <laughs> uh, what someone's thinking when they're on vacation and just you know enjoying. Enjoying the good life with their family and no stress and like they hell they, he may not even chart this game because it's the Chiefs and the Broncos. I mean we all knew the result before kickoff began. Did you? Uh, I'm sorry. Did you get the text that just popped up in the group chat where he said oh, I'd still fire Spags anyway? That is wow. such weird timing. He wasn't even a big fire Spags guy. No, when they were bad. What, what crusade is he on? Um, he must have. He must have had too many beach mimosas. Stay on, stay on the land, Seth. Stay on the land. <laughs> stay on the land. <laughs> he is out to sea right now. Um, it's, I, it's, it's, it's. Do, do you want me to put on the cape, or do you want to put on the cape? No, I want you to put on the cape. I, I want to. I will give you this real quick. I actually did not seen these numbers until you mentioned it. That I should find these. Uh, McCole Hardman had nine offensive snaps yep. last night. That is two more than Michael Burton, the fullback. And uh, five more than Marcus Kemp in the receiving group there. Josh Gordon only had 13. They both had less than Blake Bell. Noah Gray had 12. You know, just kind of looking at the company that, that Hardman is in there. Maybe it was schematic for some reason. I think he'll be running, you know, designed touch plays for the next year and a half, if I had to guess, um, because he's still pretty cheap next year. But yep. I, I kind of think, 
I, I think that one's just about wrapped up, or at least if he if he has some breakout, I'll be pleasantly surprised instead of you know predicting it. But more importantly, here you mentioned the first drive thing. They looked great on their first drive. They've looked good on their first drives for a while, for the most part, and then they we've seen this offense really start struggling, missing. I'm not sure what the issue is, much less what the cause is. Tell me what you know or what you think about that particular issue. Because Mm -hmm. first drive Chiefs offense is putting up 40 points a game and winning the Super Bowl. Drives two through whatever are a 500 team at best with some help from their defense, you know? So so make make that work for me. What are you seeing there? Yeah. Uh, by the way, McCall Harmon had as many targets as Marcus Kemp. Yeah. Not not yeah. what you want. Now, no. for those people who suggest, and, and, and maybe they're in your category more than me, Josh, but if they think that like, the team is going to, like, if it's completely out on McCall Harmon, um, man, what does he have to do to get on that Dan Swanson workout plan? <laughs> or, or 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 re re or that uh I don't I don't know I I just say if if they had if they didn't give up on Dan Sorensen at some point maybe Andy Reid will have a similar quote about this is why the game is so great because I'm a Hall of Fame coach who will you know scheme something up for you know McCole in whatever important game moving forward. I'll I'll make this bet real quick, just like I would have with Dan Sorensen. The Dan Sorensen dark days, we still were making jokes around the studio about that eventually his pick six is coming because it always does. That he he has bad play, bad stretch. Now that was this is obviously his worst one, and yep. a huge play, and he had a and it was an enormous play. For McCole Hardman, he he's gonna he's gonna score another touchdown with the Chiefs. He he will have a red zone play that will pop up maybe this year. Like he and I think he's on the team next year because again his contract for next year is one point six million or so. Yeah, and he's too talented to. He's to super just, talented. Yeah, he's too. Talented. We, we did that. We did the the Pokemon evolution thing with him last week. I just I stand by all that. This game doesn't change me thinking that he is you know B drill Demarcus or B drill D'Anthony Thomas Dexter McCluster or whatever, but. Um, I just don't think that it's reasonable to expect him to be a wide receiver at a high level at this point. Mm-hmm. Or if it does happen, again, pleasantly surprised, different than expecting it. Anyway, explain the explain the offense to me. I'll get out of the way. So, so I'm gonna try to do this on a multi layer system, right? Uh, cool. Some may call it a Ponzi scheme, but anyway. <laughs> say is this a multi-level marketing scheme (laughs) is that what you're gonna try to sell me on now when you first get in you know everybody's looking at the scoreboard but see you gotta you gotta look deeper you gotta Mm. look at the whole situation you gotta want people to work with under you and get those people to get people to work with under them and then you'll see all the drops right (laughs) Okay, yes, this is okay. This is a multi-level marketing scheme yep. for the Chiefs offense. Now I'm with you so far. Now look, I'm not saying that look, I don't want I don't want to put their I don't want to put their business out there, but you know they got a documentary out, so I'm sure you know. Um my wife made me watch it. You'll understand who what company it is. It, it involves oh, I can't. It involves clothing. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I is it? I'm, uh, I'm not, yeah, 
I'm not. You don't want to put it out there. I'm, That's I'm, fine. Look, look, look. look Renee has also watched this documentary. I haven't seen it. I, I don't. I don't want to put their name out there. I just know that like because <laughs> these because these these are scary companies occasionally. Because what she is selling, I'm like, yeah, I can see it. Now, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is what gets you to the conference ballroom. Okay, we all know that. That's why you here, okay? Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is so good at football that, like, it's alluring, tantalizing. You've seen it at its heights. Problem is, see, there's this thing called the other team that has a decent defense and a coach who's only known for defense. And, like, if you don't catch the football, you can't keep that pink Cadillac Escalade <laughs> to sell Mary Kay up out the trunk, okay? <laughs> you have to catch the ball. You got to make that sale, baby, okay? Now, we know what the product is. It's Patrick Mahomes. But some of y'all, and I hope people understand what I'm doing right now, but some of y'all... Ain't, ain't, ain't selling the product. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when Byron Pringle can't make a sale, yeah. then then how the muff gonna look on the scoreboard? Yeah. All right. Wow. This analogy rules. When when we have to revert to Marcus Kemp on a target. Marcus, can you sell us some essential oils real quick? I I, I mean look, it's it's just, you know, Tyreek Hill. Now this is when you know mm-hmm. the product and you can get people moving. Yeah. And that leads to touchdowns, to bonuses, to rims on that Cadillac. Okay? And I mean, they spinning. All I'm saying is the product in essence, does move itself. Mm-hmm. But you got to actually move the product, too. And that's where they are right now. Like, philosophically, I know that this team is this team has a great offense. Uh-huh. Now, it does not suggest that on the scoreboard, statistically, yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, but to your point about those first 15... Well, now you in the conference room, and now you got the brochure. Now you see the numbers we doing. Now, now we got you, and that's what the Chiefs have done to people. <laughs> there are some people who missed my question to you, kind of just zoned out, and then have been sitting here for the last five minutes, having the most confusing podcast listening experience of their entire lives. Look, the present, like the PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> is the equivalent of putting Travis Kelsey in the backfield. In a full house formation, running read option. That that's the present. Now you like, give me, give me the product. I'm ready to sell. I'm ready to, you know, I'm ready to get this thing through the roof. And then, Amazing. and then sometimes, sometimes that gray hair white lady is just gonna tell you now, now, now. We want to get other people to the conference room. Let me let me just. I love your enthusiasm, but just, you know, we got decent numbers right now. You know, the big sale, the extravaganza 
is in January. Okay. Now let me just let me just keep you in this conference room. Bring your friends. Bring their friends too. And then we're gonna get this multi-level marketing scheme to the nines. We're gonna dress this thing up for the ball. But we can't do it until mid-January. And sometimes that coach with the headset is just like, why would I show Vic Vangio something when Vic Vangio's not gonna matter in mid-January? So again, I just want you to see the levels of which we are working in, okay? Because the, the the product and the extravaganza, we can't lose. That's what this is whole, this is what this built on. You know, how you think the presentation looked good in the first place? Because we did this in 2019. Would you like for me to continue this? No, my head has spun off its shoulders, landed on the ground. I picked it back up. I put it back on, locked it back into place. And now I'm here again. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So they're they're whole they're uh, I'm gonna see if I can decode it and you tell in the that uh, this way I'm gonna try to put it into plain English for everybody and then if I get anything wrong you can correct me but I don't get anything wrong anything wrong you don't have to cop to it. Um, they're not getting enough help from the people around Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes sells himself, but literally like everybody around him. Why has had why, their why 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 you think NBC's cameras was out there, dog? Because the product sell itself, right? But nobody else right now is currently selling the product. You got the drops, you got the picks, you got all that stuff around Patrick Mahomes. And you've also got to be around for the extravaganza in January. That one we can just make the NFL playoffs instead of a big multi-level marketing uh, get-together. I understand that as well. You're not going to have every one of your ace plays put out there against the Broncos in in early December. I I get that. And this is one of those games where it – after that first drive, it never felt like the game was in danger, but it also to me didn't feel like the Chiefs were just like playing conservatively, but still doing what they wanted to. Like it still seems like there are issues there offensively in, in, in some of the execution. It's not that they got more conservative, it's that they weren't executing even the more conservative things. Because I, I think to your point, because of the the failings of the people that you need to support your quarterback in that situation. Is there anything bigger than that is, is there because I, I guess the, here's the thing that i guess i don't understand okay 
the execution on the first 15 or whatever, uh-huh. whatever it ends up being, mm-hmm. seems like it's working 95% of the time. Mm-hmm. It's not just that the game looks different after the scripted plays into the live action. It's that what they're doing in the live action all looks harder and and. And like they and I mean, you again, you just you see the drops and you see the skipped passes and things like that. Execution things, not schematic ones. Yes. Is there a logic to that? And also, is that even is that even true? Um, these are humans. So we should start right. there. Right. They, they are not machines. Um, as we mentioned before, the Chiefs were incredible last year at literally flipping the switch on and off mm-hmm. <laughs> the entire mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they're human. I think the play calling gets a little bit, I won't say conservative, but a little bit minimalist Mm. because the defense is playing out of their minds. And so I don't think Andy did a great job answering the question from one Todd Lebo. uh, Yes. I was going to come back in on this, actually. I'm glad that you mentioned this part. Because he said, hey, coach, you know, um, you're an offensive guy. You're going to go into the Hall of Fame for your offensive innovation. Obviously, you understand if you want more points, passing the ball is the quickest way to do that, especially when you're under a time crunch. And you got the ball after a 20-play drive that ended in, you know, zilch. Shout mm-hmm. out to the, you know, congratulations to the defense again. Um, you know, the Chiefs got the ball with what? Uh, I believe, Minute and change, I think. Uh, yeah, 69 seconds to work with. with I, nice! With, with, I believe, two timeouts. And uh, they basically sat on it. Now... Was the defense tired because they just played a 20-snap <laughs> drive? Yes. Uh, they had the lead, and they were going to get the ball back. Now, as I wrote at halftime on Twitter, normally in those circumstances, Andy tries to at least get a field goal and then double up with the touchdown on the opening drive for the third quarter. Um, I think at that point, because Denver had threw everything it had in that 20-play drive, that unless something really unforeseen occurred, I believe Andy, A, trusted his defense and was like, we have to play this team a second time. And we need to just sort of little by little um, succeed on offense. But the highlights, the airing it out, the the showing a certain concept or a certain formation and look, a route, Combination, no. (laughs) No. And I think that's where he settled on because he felt the defense was performing really well and that Denver could not move the ball with chunk plays of their own. And so um, it's one of those few times where the coach goes against his own patterns, his own tendencies and principles. Uh, But I think those are all the reasons as to why he didn't do it, which of of which he did not explain very well. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. I was really frustrated by that answer because I really I genuinely wanted to know the answer to that question, because I think what you've laid out there is fine. I think it is wild to have that sort of confidence with the season this team has had. To have that kind of confidence with a seven-point lead up 10-3 to three at halftime when also on that first drive, the Chiefs end up with the ball back, ends in that interception. The, the Broncos had the ball down a possession. They couldn't do anything with it, and you're, you're putting that into the calculation there, which I think is fine. You, I'm, I welcome that because I, I want to have a reason that we can point to. 
But between that, between the settling for that field goal later on, it it just felt like there was an unearned amount of this game is over early, or, or earlier than it should have been, uh, specifically at the end of that half. When again, like if they if they were up twenty one to three and and said, hey, we're you know we feel fine here, that that's one thing. But they they hadn't done much. They hadn't had the ball very much, I guess. Also, yeah, but yeah. They, they yeah. hadn't done an eleven minute drive. drive. Yeah, yeah, right, right, and and. I, I guess if you want to zoom out a little bit, they haven't done much offensively since the Raiders game. Mm-hmm. Could you just prove to yourself or to everybody or take a just take an attempt at proving that your offense uh, still works? Uh, uh, uh. In my opinion, that game is in 10 days from now. Andy Reid. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that Andy, would be a good time for it to look, work. I just would like to know ahead of time, you know? I don't, well, don't want to get into trying, my car with, look, no ga- with not knowing how much gas is in it. Look, I'm trying my best. All right, I know, I, and I appreciate that. Look, I know, I know the shipment's been behind. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. There's some smudging. I, I know the packaging ain't been right. <laughs> but on 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 December 16th, the 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 nice lady with gray hair basically has told us that you know it's gonna you know it's gonna be it's gonna be more. We're gonna get this back on track. Okay, now the reason she can say that, and the reason I can say that, is because. When they needed to make a statement to the division in a primetime road game, which are usually hard to win, uh, he, Eric Bidemi, Mike Kafka, even Patrick Mahomes, they all brought it out. They all figured, like, hey, we, you know, let's line it up and make a point. Hence the, you know, swagger, um, you know, being referenced so much. Like, that, that game was, that game in essence was them telling the Raiders, like, this was cute, but like, come on now. Mm. Like we, we, when we put our mind to it, you know, we can succeed at a high level. They need to do that more often. I don't disagree with you there. Um, but I will, I will ask you and the listener this against the Cowboys. I, I can't stress this enough. Y'all against the Cowboys. That first drive was Eve immaculate. Mm-hmm. Okay. From a, from like, Making the defenders think, which always gives you an advantage, versus them just reacting and being aggressive. Um, against the Broncos, they were a little bit more methodical, but uh, give credit to Patrick Mahomes for scrambling out of the pocket, uh, for having good pocket awareness, and for Demarcus mm-hmm. Robinson to make a really good block on Patrick Sertan uh, mm-hmm. for, for the touchdown. Tell me where the creativity was after that drive. Because it was mostly in screens, it was mostly an RPO quick pass action, uh, of which again Tyreek Hill dropped the ball, mm-hmm. uh, which led to an interception. Uh, he actually dropped a couple passes in that sort of concept, and uh, them being comfortable running the football because they had a lead and they could just run to sort of you know keep a level of balance so that the defense uh, couldn't predict what was necessarily coming based on those formations. And so I think whether it's with the Raiders because you're playing them a second time for the season and you obviously want to build off of what the first game provided or a game that might decide the division, right, against the Chargers on December 16th, okay, now we can show more creativity than just the first 15. And my my biggest concern is uh, we were we were concerned about the quarterback getting in rhythm and staying in rhythm a month ago. Yeah. And now it's about everybody else. 
Like, mm-hmm. okay, we've got like the quarterbacks in rhythm. Quarterbacks fine. Like these last two interceptions, not on the quarterback. Even though it's his stat line, like can we just can we just get it through everybody's heads that like yes, he's thrown twelve interceptions, but many of those aren't his. Like yeah. I just wish like I'll put it like at some point I'll put it together. But like the Travis Kelsey interception is on Travis, and the Tyreek Hill interception is on Tyreek Hill. Now we're both guys open. Yes, give them credit. But now I'm worried about everybody else getting in rhythm and staying in rhythm when we've seen the quarterback do that for about a month now. Your creativity point, I think, is an interesting one. And here's where I here's where I get hung up, I guess. And this is maybe this is where the doubt creeps in. I don't I don't mind if they can't be 100% creative at all times, right? I understand that. There are limitations of how how many of those plays or how creative you can be over the course of a not just 17, but hopefully 20 game season, right? Mm-hmm. I understand that. But it's it would that would go down a lot smoother if they ran the ball for six yards a carry or if Daryl Williams and and, uh, Demarcus Robinson had huge receiving games or something, or or if it just was boring, six yards to Kelsey, nine yards to Hill, six yards to Kelsey, eight yards to Robinson, little sweep with McColl Hardman, touchdown Noah Gray, you know, whenever, whenever you can, if you can be boring and good, that's fine. And I, I would not be here worrying about the creativity because if you can be boring and good, you can get creative in, in January and hopefully into February, that's all fine. The thing for me is that it just, everything just seems difficult outside of those first 15, outside of whenever they do look like themselves. And I, I mean, it sounds to me like you're kind of buying into the idea that that is at least partially by choice and mm-hmm. partially by the the flaws of the supporting cast. Yes, I mean, I I will. No one can tell me otherwise, and no one has. But I want everybody if they if they have the time and if it's on their phone, computer, you know, TV, uh, look up the first drive out of halftime, the first drive of the third quarter against the the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to score a touchdown. Like, those plays are clearly, with adjustments in mind, uh, they got in rhythm, they're moving the ball, they're passing midfield. Like, that drive looks like vintage Chiefs. Yeah. And Travis Kelsey just lets the ball go through his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say the exact same thing about the opening drive against the Broncos last night, um, but it is it is telling to me that, like, I mean, the defense played great because they would seize control and the Chiefs offense would give up a little bit of a momentum and then the Chiefs defense would be like, but we got you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and in the third quarter, it just, I mean, they're at the Denver Broncos 32-yard line. I don't know if Andy is going to, um, or Eric Bieniemy or Mike Kafka, I mean, I need to mention all these guys in the trio. They got, obviously all work together. And it's, you know, it's not one guy, you know, doing all of this. I, I want to mm-hmm. make that clear. Mm-hmm. But, like, when that pass, you know, when that snap starts from the Denver 32-yard line, and obviously it's 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 tipped because, you know, Tyreek doesn't catch it. And then Patrick Rotan uh, catches at the 21-yard line. And that's where the, the drive ends. Like, I don't know if the Chiefs are playing for a field goal. Like, hey, Pat, like, 
be be wide, be be smart with the football, make good decisions. You know, I think the ball. He he mentioned his ball placement could be a little bit better, but like every quarterback could say that. Like it hit his hands. Yes. <laughs> like, yes what do you want yes. me to do? I like, I literally rolled my eyes whenever I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, I get it. It's windy. That's true. But like it hit his hands, and he's mm-hmm. he's open based on the scheme and the concept. And look, Patrick are saying saying, look, I don't want you to beat me deep. So take your seven yards right here. Um. I don't know if they're playing for the field goal because, as you mentioned, they're up 10-3 and you just want a two-score lead, which, again, sort of speeds up Teddy Bridgewater, sort of engages your defensive line, which is dominated throughout much of the night, or at least throughout the first half. And obviously, you have trust in your secondary. Or mm-hmm. if they're going to score a touchdown, they go up 17-3, and then we sit on the football. I don't know the answer there, but I do know against Dallas, that drive looked like, oh, we gonna, we're going to score a touchdown. Like that's We're making that very clear. Um, and just for whatever reason, these drops are the issue now. It's actually not the turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I need to write that later on this this week. But the more I, I rewatch these clips, it's like, oh, it used to be this team leads the league in turnovers because they would turn the ball over in any which manner. Mm-hmm. Well, now the quarterback's accurate. Mm-hmm. They're not fumbling. Shout out mm-hmm. to the running backs. They are they are. They are doing ball security at its finest so far, even with Clyde Edwards-Alaire coming back from an injury. Um, you know, Patrick fumbled the ball because Micah Parson, again, is an alien. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yes, ma'am. Yeah, I, I knew he was like, but what about? It's because he's an alien and he was going up against the third string right tackle. Okay. It happens. Um, but in terms of, like, the wide receivers, like, it's just the drops are now the biggest issue in the offense. Like, and they lead, they're, they're second in the league in drop receptions. So guess what, kids? If we make the sale, the product is going to make you a lot of money. Because mm-hmm. you, you, your number's going to be on that scoreboard. And then guess what? More people going to come to the yard because the product is getting numbers. But hey, if you don't make that sale, product can't get no numbers. You can't get no people to work up under you. NBC may not be rolling through and, you know, you may not get to the resort to end the year because you didn't get them numbers in L.A. when, you know, that was the goal when 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 the uh, when the multi marketing scheme began. This whole podcast has just been you trying to prove to Holly that you paid attention when she made you watch that documentary. That's what this whole podcast has been. I love her. And uh, this this is this is my love language. That's really good. Uh, here's here's my last question around all of that, and then we can uh, we can wrap things up, I guess. And I'm sure there's stuff that we haven't talked about that we should have by now, but eh. I can't think of it. If you think of anything, you can you can bring it back around. I mean, I, but, I, you you want me to, you want me to roll off uh, some quick uh, some quick jokes ooh. about the Broncos? I'm sure people yes. would love to hear that. Yes, that let, let's close there. I got cause I want I want to get I want to okay. get one one actual answer from you on this. You've got these people not making the sales that used to make the sales. You got you've, you've got a team with a legitimate drops problem. Yes, a team that had a legitimate turnovers problem, and now the turnover problem is also just a drop problem. It's not really a turnover problem, but occasionally drops turn into turnovers. Yep. Everyone gets that. Yep. At what point? And I'm not saying that we are here now. I'm genuinely asking this because I think this point is probably still in the future. But at what point do you just go? Yeah, this team does have that issue. And that's just something that you you have to account for. Yeah. In in the the pregame in the pregame predictions and all of that. When when do you reach that point? Um, I'm gonna give it two more games. Mm, I just you know 
covering this team long enough, understanding the ebbs and flows of the season, um, I'm really fascinated. I think we all I think we all expect uh, I think we all expect the Chiefs to win against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick stat: Derek Carr in Arrowhead in December. It does, it it has never ended pretty. Hell, it ain't even ended close. Um, so if they win that game, if we expect them to win that game, and that and that happens, then I, I'm just I'm just really fascinated by the level of focus. And execution is that's going to be required for a team who will be competing just as desperately as you will be, um, because I think the Chargers showed something uh, yesterday in Cincinnati. Now, were they a perfect team? No, they had their issues too. They they kind of mm-hmm. they kind of went into a lull once they built their lead. Um, but the Chargers are playing playoff games right now, and the Chiefs. Are, you know, as we've seen years in the Patrick Mahomes era, basically preparing themselves for January. And those are two different things. Like, Justin Herbert has not been to the playoffs. Um, Derwin James has had a, you know, up and down career, but he hasn't been to the playoffs in a while. Um, Obviously, they got a first year head coach. Uh, They are, in my opinion, the biggest threat. That December 16th game, because it's on a short week on the road mm-hmm. on Thursday night, like those are real those are real hurdles. Mm-hmm. And they beat you already. So um if it if the performance isn't similar to what happened in Las Vegas, or if you just look up and say, hey, uh perhaps the better team won, and that better team is in blue and yellow. Um, then I would, then I will, then I will, I will concede more to your line of thinking, but I do know that like, or, you know, I've seen in the past, I should say, I've reported in the past. I've obviously seen it. I've obviously talked to people in the organization. Um, there's ways of doing this and it isn't pretty. And I think Andy Reid has done a very good job in messaging to Patrick. Um, do we really need to be in shootouts every day or every game? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, uh, what will secure your legacy, what will secure my legacy, what we're ultimately working for is just to win. Now, some wins are more fun than others because then you could just say, bleep it, Daryl Williams is down there somewhere. <laughs> but not every game's going to be like that, okay? Right. Um, but that game is probably more in line with the one on the December 16th. Uh, and you just, you just got to get there. So I think Andy's done a good job of... Making that point to to Patrick, and then Patrick sort of acknowledging that, hey, I, I, we scored a lot of points in the past, uh, ladies and gentlemen. That was the 2018 season, and they lost. And he says it didn't feel good, or it doesn't feel as good as winning, even when the offense is sputtering at times. So, it's a great question from you, Josh. I, I understand why fans would ask it themselves, but you've seen what this team has done. Yep. In January, and as long as the quarterback is healthy, and, and I assume the Hall of Fame players will get back to playing closer to their Hall of Fame levels and, and you know, Kelsey and Hill, then I'm going to give them a benefit of a doubt, at least for the next two games. You want to get off some Broncos jokes and get out of here? All right. Um, I, we, can play, we can go back and forth if you want. I got a quick Yeah, one. go. You, you, know, go a, you go first. I'll buy some time. I mean, whew. Um, well, I just think it's I think it, it is interesting that, you know, everyone pretty much agrees that the Broncos are a quarterback away. And I agree with that. Uh, they are a quarterback away from being the third best team in the AFC West. I mean, 
<sighs> Nothing like everybody telling me that this man can get these boys ready, and yet every time they play, it's just like, why y'all waste NBC's time? I mean, that's, <sighs> man. You know, there have been some reports that the Broncos are getting closer to, to being sold, and I yeah. just I don't I just don't know that Andy Reid has the money. You know, I, I I look at that roster. It's a good roster. Hell, they even have drafted well recently. But um, look, you know, you got to beat this man once, right? I mean, can they can they beat him once? I mean, I know, you know I know Chiefs fans are saying no. Why would they? <laughs> Why do we want that to happen? But at least Justin got one. Hey, Derek Carr is lucky. You know, Derek Carr can make a game interesting. Absolutely. You know, can, Derek Carr can go in the arrowhead and get a dub. Like, Denver. Like. You know, with all the yelling that John Elway has to be doing at Broncos facilities today, trying to find a quarterback, I bet he's a little horse. What's Obama been up to? Because, you know, that was that was that was the last time the Broncos were relevant. And I'm not joking here, y'all. That is that is straight facts. Stan Lee was still alive the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs. Wow. The legend. As was this is a courtesy of Taylor Witt on Twitter. I really I thought this thread was unbelievable. Just some people who are still alive whenever the Broncos beat the Chiefs last. Aretha Franklin. Ooh. Uh, Stephen Hawking. Wow. Charles Manson. Mm. Hugh Hefner. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, fittingly, you know, Bernie Madoff. We've had a lot of sort of financial fraud, sort of triangular shaped things in today's episode. Both Siegfried and Roy. You, you know, I, I thought the Broncos had a decent plan when you're like, it's plan C. You know, obviously plan A is Justin Fields, but y'all didn't want to do that. Uh, Plan B was like, maybe Gutekunst is going to trade us Aaron Rodgers like an idiot? All right, Teddy Bridgewater. You know, two-glove Teddy. And then I and then I changed his nickname, and I said, just don't turn the ball over, Teddy. And, 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 and they had a roster where if the quarterback doesn't turn the ball over. The last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs, Fats Domino was still alive. I had a, I had a lot I had a lot more high hopes than Teddy Bridgewater, and it's unfortunate because he 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 has he has had moments. Obviously, the injury impacted his career significantly, but Teddy just don't turn the ball over, and like maybe Von Miller would still be on the team. The last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs, Prince George Michael, uh, Chuck Berry, Tom Petty, and Fats Domino, Aretha Franklin, Mac Miller, all still alive. A lot has happened, man. <laughs> a lot has happened. This podcast has not covered a Broncos win over the Chiefs. And I don't know when that day's coming. Uh, so what did we learn, Josh? Uh, we learned that Fidel Castro was still alive. The last oh, the Broncos yes. The yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be the end of the show. I don't have a better outro than that. Do you? Uh... Not really. I just look. It Abe might. Vigoda. It, Sorry, it, go ahead. It, it might be my favorite, like highlight of the year. Not for like personal reasons, just for like the story and like where the season has gone so far. You know, 
All right, Teddy, let's look at the film real quick. All right, all right, man. So, so there's a fumble. And when there's a fumble, you go from offense to defense, all right? There's Darius Slay, picks up the ball, doesn't know where he's doing, doesn't know where he's going. Is he going backwards, forwards? I don't know. But now he's made a decision. Oh, he, okay, he's turned it He's turned it around. Okay, he's coming your way. What you doing, Teddy? What, 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 what is this? All right, boys, we're going to have to work on the turnover drill at practice this week so that when Teddy has a, perhaps another turnover or like one of his teammates turns the ball over, we are going to tackle this man, okay? We got a good defense. Vic Vangio is known for defense. Vic Vangio, I mean, I guess I guess he knows what the four downs are. But anyway, like Vic Vangio, <laughs> he knows defense. Hell, he's even getting the analytic, he's even getting the analytics reports, all right? Because he's going forward on fourth down against Patrick Mahomes. He's showing progress. But Teddy, if we have a turnover, even though we told you, even though we called you, no turnovers, Teddy. Put the man on the ground. All right, now here's 47. Okay, actually it's 49. I'm sorry, son, but but 49 is not. <laughs> I love getting it wrong. We 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 just wanted you know. Look, coaches admit their mistakes. Can you do that on the field? Anyway, uh, 49 has the ball. That's you know, our comeback's probably over, but there's pride. Okay, now you didn't touch Darius Slay last time we went to the turnover drill. Okay, now I'm telling you, son. You got a good angle. You're running. You you see him. Were you trying to help him score that touchdown? Because, <laughs> son, that's what your shoulder's doing. <sighs> young, young fella, I know you play offense, but but you you, you gotta get you gotta help get him on the ground. You can't make the most embattled player of the division rival. We ain't beaten for the last 11 times. You can't give them a jetpack known as your shoulder. You, you, you just can't. It is the most hilarious play of the season. You Earlier you asked what Barack Obama was doing, Nate. Mm. Um, I don't know what he's doing this exact moment, but I do knew that the la- I do know that the last time that the Broncos beat the Chiefs, he was still the president. <laughs> Okay, that can be the end. There's a couple of bits. A couple of bits that just went so long and just <laughs> so indulgent. And I have no, I have nothing to apologize for. No, why would we? I would. Muhammad. Oh, no, that's oh, fine. Don't restart it because I want to make sure that you actually get it. I'll do, I, can just do, I can just do Magic Spoon. I'd hate for you to have to restart it and then have something happen with the Zoom. Yeah, okay. I'll Damn just it. I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's fine. Muhammad Ali was still alive. What? Yeah. I, I had that one, but I decided to save it because some of these are starting to make me a little bit sad. I was like, oh, I, I forgot that Grant Imahara from Mythbusters died. Like, that's that makes me sad. So I, I went, I pivoted to uh, presidential terms. Something that everybody can agree on. Yeah. <laughs> it won't make anybody in a bad mood. Even even in these even in these dark times. Yeah. <laughs>